We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello and welcome to another episode of the DTF Podcast. Hey, I got a bone to pick. <laughs> Guys, I am so fired up. Sleep deprived and all. I'm happy to be here. <laughs> you probably cut off your hot dog. You don't need it on a bun. <laughs> Hello and welcome to another episode of the DTF Podcast here on the Field of 68 Media Network. It is currently... 11.13 a.m. Eastern Standard Time Zone, the only legitimate time zone on Valentine's Day. I know, I know, I know. There's only one person in the world that both Terrence Oglesby and John Fanta want to spend their Valentine's Day with, and that is yours truly. John, I'm going to start you off with this, man. What did you uh, what'd you get the, the old ball and chain for Valentine's Day? What was the gift? What was the present? Well, she made a beautiful dinner last night, and, and then she – is willing to come with me for Big East basketball tonight uh, between Xavier and Seton Hall in Newark. So that means you found the right one, uh, that they're mm -hmm. spending Valentine's Day with me in Newark, New Jersey. Uh, but what did I get her? Well, I've, I've got a fresh bouquet of flowers coming. I got her some beauty products, some perfume. Uh, I got her nice eye mask, right, to, to keep her relaxed and uh, – she can always put that on when, when you know, she doesn't want to watch any more basketball or she's just over listening to me, which does happen. If you had to listen to me for 20 hours in a day, you'd, you'd be over that too. Uh, so God bless her. But yeah, you treat your, treat your better half. Treat your better half, folks. So that the men out there watching this, come on. Come on. Do something a little bit extra today. Don't get out done. Fanta, she needs the uh, the eye mask for when you got to call the DePaul Georgetown game in the first game of the uh, the Big East tournament. That's when, <laughs> that's when you need the eye mask for. Um, to, this is uh, so I took my I didn't get my wife anything big today. We we went to dinner on Friday night at her favorite restaurant. This place called Zahab in Philly. But you want to know she got me? She got me the Jordans in a um, you can't really see it on the screen, but it's the Field of sixty eight colorway. How about that? Wow. That's cool. Look at that that's really Ooh. cool. I'm pretty, that's I mean, considered that's cool that that, that that is cool you'll be able to wear that to msg mm -hmm. uh that's a pretty yes. neat situation uh my wife is in texas on an all expense paid trip that's already freaking paid for which is a <laughs> which is a gift uh she is at the world quarter horse championships in fort worth texas competing and uh you know she qualified i want to say for seven or eight events so it's all paid for <laughs> <laughs> she's competing and i have the kids so that's why okay that explains happy why. valentine's day <laughs> for, for the people that are listening at home right now when uh when tio got onto the stream the first thing he does he just goes i'm tired <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and now we know why 
my my, my lovely kids and there i have two great kids but they go through spills of just being um precious jewels that are testing me mm-hmm. they're they're line steppers they're habitual line steppers at seven and six years old line no, steppers. i think the least surprising thing that i've ever heard is that your kids like to just test to see where that line is it's like <laughs> to push the edges just a little bit to see what they can get away with yeah i haven't said one thing in the past two months that's been met with an okay (laughs) or or a yes sir nothing nothing i've had i've had to threaten i've had to threaten to kill my children on a daily basis since (laughs) christmas because i've gotten i don't have santa to hold over their head i'm about to call Mm -hmm. santa santa's a long way away i ain't got it so it's it's uh yeah it's been a battle you know all, all expenses paid trip for for the wife and it's paid for, and the child care is paid for. The That's child right. Is, is is yours? So you really are are you're the glue guy here. You you're doing more. In the your, glue guy. Yeah, you're doing more than your in your house right now than you ever defended. Fanta, I'm fucking LeBron. <laughs> Damn, a glue guy. I'm doing everything right now. I'm doing everything. Oh, you know what? That makes per- that so. That's why. Is that why your wife tried to trade you at the trade deadline? That's exactly right. That's exactly right. She finds an oil baron in Texas. I'm gone, boys. I'm like, that's it. <laughs> that's all. That's all she wrote, guys. If I if she finds an oil baron in Texas, she's trading. She there's a there's a trade deadline hey, going on. Wow. I've been in this league for about t- for about eleven years with that woman. So you're on the bubble. I'm on the. I'm on the block. <laughs> trading block all right <laughs> all right let's get into to what we have on the rundown today we're going to talk about the UConn Marquette game number one versus number four Fanta I told you this before we hit record I think this is the most fired up I've been for a game since before the season started since back in like uh when we were getting ready to go to the Champions Classic or Arizona Duke right I, I there's going to be an unbelievable game we're going to talk all about it I have a hot take on Arizona that I'm going to hit these guys with um, and there are four teams that we thought were dead that may not be dead yet that we have to talk about. But before we do, the Blue Duds, fellas, the Blue Duds, North Carolina has lost three of their last five. Kentucky lost three of four and four of six before smacking Ole Miss last night. Kansas is one and five on the road in Big 12 play and just got 30 pieced by Texas Tech in Lubbock. John, who are you most worried about out of those three? Kentucky, because that defense is not good. So defensively, they just they they don't have a connectivity, and that's the sign of being a younger team. It's a sign of being younger on the perimeter, particularly. Uh, they've gotten a great season out of Antonio Reeves. He's had a, a really nice season. He's been super steady. We've brought up the numbers before that if you look at Antonio and you compare him to other players that are at his position, he's having as good of a year as a lot of those guys. And, and, you know, it, Reed Shepard, Rob Dillingham coming in off the bench, I get it, and, and they continue when they get into the game and they play a good amount of minutes. They've done their part as being double-figure scorers, making things happen. And when you, when you look at Wagner, Dillingham, and Shepard game in, game out, you're getting around 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 assists, right? You're getting productivity. The offense is not the issue at all. This team is still 
one of, if not the most potent offensive team in college basketball when the light switch is on. But you got to guard somebody because when you get into the NCAA tournament, you're playing another great team. I don't care what seed line there are. 68 teams should stay that way. We know it won't. But if you're playing a team that has won and won and knows their stuff and runs their stuff and runs it well because they wouldn't get to the NCAA tournament if they didn't run their stuff well. Your talent, you could have all the talent in the world. If you don't guard, you're going to lose. You're going to lose in the NCAA tournament. You might get to the second weekend, but you're not making the final four if you're incapable of guarding. Yeah, you can't so, you can't rely on on putting up 105 points every single night because there's going to be a night where the shots just aren't going down. That's it's just. Oh, and they're, it's not even that they're like 50 or 60 defensively. They're 125th in Kempo. 125, and and they're a top 25 team. Like that's. That's glaring. And Norlanders put this out, and, and I think you've you've brought it up too. Like it, it we haven't seen teams with a 125 defensive efficiency. That is an that's a red flag, a big ass red flag in terms of your ability to go on a deep run. We haven't seen a team outside the top 75 on defense very rarely make the deep run. So you you it's that's a tough spot for them to be in. And as I told TO last night on our show. It's February 14th. It's not going to change now. Mm-hmm. Too late. Tio? Uh, I agree with all of that. Uh, I, I still feel like if there's a team that can score 110 points four games in a row, Kentucky can do it. It just it, That just goes against every analytic that I've ever looked at or read. It's, it's more than likely wrong. However, there's enough talent there to do it. I, I'm a little confused as to why Reed Shepard and Dillingham are still coming off the bench. Like, mm-hmm. what a... What's the holdup? I understand the Wagner thing. DJ has not played like his dad or his grandfather, for that matter. And it's not that he's a bad player. It's just he hasn't found his rhythm when he got to college. I I was a little concerned about how he would do. Everybody was ranking him like the number one player in the country. And I thought he was a very good player. But to say he was number one, I I just didn't think it was there. I thought he was more of a top 30, top 35 kind of kid. Uh, Small, couldn't shoot, extremely quick. uh, And could be an okay defender, but I think we've reached a point to where nobody's going to be a great defender on that team. So you need to go with your best offensive weapons. He's not one of those guys. I think it's the other two that need to come off the bench, find some more minutes for those guys. Yeah. I don't mind the Dillingham off the bench thing just because he's so hot and cold offensively. I, I do kind of like him as like the change of pace guy, but Reed's got to be in that starting lineup. I think you got to go with uh, Reed Reeves, and Mitchell have to be the first three guys when you kind of put your lineup together. And then it's like you want to play on Yeso because of what he can do protecting the rim. You want to try to go smaller and put um, a do at the four. You can kind of figure it out from there. But I think you have to start with Reed, Reeves, and Mitchell as the uh, the first three guys that you roll out there. Um, I'm I'm more worried about Kansas than I am. Well, I was I was I was going to say that. I was okay. Go ahead. Uh, yeah. the, the reason being is because we've always we've said it all season long. One person gets hurt. Oh crap. Mm-hmm. Like, is there enough there to where, you know, they're going to be able to pull enough off the bench or something like that? McCuller, uh, M- McCuller is that good of a player. He is that good of a college player. He misses two games. You go one and one, and the Baylor game was close at home. Uh, I just don't know how good um, they can be with only really six 
potentially seven guys. It's just not a very deep team, which, to be honest with you guys, is a little bit shocking because Kansas gets pretty much who they want. Um, so the the bless you, bless you, Fanta. Uh, the <laughs> I, that's what worries me more than anything is the depth of Kansas. Uh, Kentucky, like you said, John, we know what they are at this point. Like they're going to be able to score 110. Are they going to be able to keep teams under 105? And that's very much up in the air so but if i had to if if i was worried about one it's kansas just because one guy drops uh there's not a whole lot of dominoes behind it period so it's worrisome yeah the furphy coming back to earth um was something that we kind of knew was going to happen eventually right to me the biggest worry is like I, you kind of figured nick timberlake getting these more minutes would would get a chance to kind of get him in a rhythm and man no like the reason why so the reason why they almost lost to Baylor was, and I feel bad like throwing this kid under the bus, but I, I think I probably am going to do it anyway. Like he had two horrible defensive mistakes to get the Baylor wide open threes that should have tied the game and forced overtime. He missed the front end of a one and one um, with 15 seconds left that allowed Baylor to have a chance to hit the first three. And then he committed a turnover that gave Baylor a chance to hit the second three. Like he had four mistakes in the last 15 seconds of a game that should have cost Kansas the chance to win it. Um, and he's just – he's not ready. They have four guys. Uh, Dewan Harris isn't really an offensive threat. McCullough's kind of come back to earth when it comes to his shooting. Um, it's difficult to be able to create space for Dickinson when you don't have much there. And it's just – it's – you're right, man. It, it's weird that this is the place that Kansas is in right now. Maybe you shouldn't lose like nine guys to the transfer portal in one offseason. Maybe that's a bad thing to have happen, Fanta. Yeah, it, it exactly – and and the McCullough injury obviously uh, is is part of their the reason why they got absolutely boat raced. Not the main reason they got boat raced by Texas Tech, but McCullough or not, uh, To just summed it up with the injury issue as well. If they're missing one player, and Kevin McCullough has had an All American like season, but the the problem with Timberlake is he just doesn't guard. He he's he's just not he's not capable on the defensive end of the floor at this level. So you could in the CAA in a, in a mid-major league, you could just give that up if you just went and got 25 shots up a night and you're good enough to just score and you know you're going to get those 25 looks. But um, it's it's what it is is it's a great reflection on portaling and the transfer portal in general. So that in May when some, or in April when the when someone goes right they, and they're a great get. You could be a great get, and this isn't just Nick. This is in general in college basketball. You could be a great get and not be the right fit. Yep. And so, and conversely, and I I say this because they're fresh in my mind, um, like Seton Hall's playing Xavier tonight, you could be a totally, a, a guy that has not done much at all, and then all of a sudden become a really perfect fit for a program and you become a better player and a guy that's more on the radar as a result. I'm talking about uh, Jaden Bediaco, Seton Hall's big. He, he was like an okay, like not, not a big contributor at all at Santa Clara, but he got coached by Herb Sendek and he moved on to another school. And because he was at a, a, a power conference school, he, he says that he embraces physicality. You can't do that in the WCC. If you breathe, it's a foul. In the Big East, you literally could shove somebody and they're not going to blow their whistle. I watched it last night in Providence St. John's. But but you 
it, it goes down to just because you can get the top 10 name in the portal doesn't mean that it's always the best fit for your team. But, you know, I wanted to bring this up before, before you get to the next thing. Like Eddie in our YouTube chat, which I love that we can look at the chat live, he says Fanta knows better than to give up on UK. Eddie, I'm not giving up on them. I'm just telling you how it is, brother. You defensively, we're talking about winning a national championship. You were you were in that category. Don't Eddie, don't <laughs> act like you weren't. But but this is why there are trust issues with Kentucky. You we both are saying you can be a great team, but if you don't defend, you're not going to be able to get to where you're supposed to be. And Eddie, you know, as a member of Big Blue Nation, where your team's supposed to be. Your team year in, year out expects to get to Arizona. That can't happen if you don't guard me. Mm -hmm. I will say on Kentucky's defense, last night was the first time in SEC play they allowed less than one point per possession defensively. Uh, and they were good last night. They yeah, they were good. They were good last night. Like Reed Shepard played 32 minutes, which helps. Um, yes, had 10 know, blocks, which helps. So it's hard for us to know how good Ole Miss is as well. Uh, they're they're on the bubble. Yeah, I mean, look, I don't. I think that that's pretty much what they are, like a top forty-ish kind of a team in college basketball. There's talent there, but that's one of the uh, that's one of the ones where um, you look at them and uh, you kind of say, I don't know if the portal fits necessarily made the most sense there. Um, can I just make one note real quick on North Carolina, and then we can kind of move on here from the. Ontario uh, Morris being an idiot too, hurt Kansas. Just since we're on the, yeah. Just since yeah. we're on the Kansas subject, like that crushed them, mm -hmm. crushed them. Rob, I hope, I hope, Rob, that you see the the question in the YouTube chat from Tom down the road in this show. That Illinois, UConn, and Purdue's biggest threat. I, I think that, that we'll we'll talk about what their biggest threat is. That it's a tough matchup. I don't want I don't want UConn to get Illinois in like the Sweet Sixteen. I think that that's a tough matchup for them. And I'll talk about that a little bit when we get to the Marquette preview. Uh, real quick, I just want to say one thing on North Carolina, right? So they've lost three of their last five. Um, in those three losses, the teams that they've played are 28 for 68 from three. From December 20th through January 26th, when North Carolina made that run where they won nine straight games, uh, where they went from being like, oh, this team's probably pretty good to, wow, you know what? They might be a top three team in America. Same conversation as UConn of Purdue. Uh Teams only shot 22.8% from three on them. In the last six games where they've lost three of them since January 27th, teams are shooting 36.9% from three on them. The noisiest stat that you can have in college basketball is defensive three-point field goal percentage, right? There's been studies that have been done by Ken Palm and other people that show that uh, that has very little impact by the defense that is being played, and it's much more due to whether or not the teams that you're playing are actually good three-point shooting teams. So um, I think that that was a regression that was always going to end up hitting, and it's hitting North Carolina now. So uh, we'll see how that ends up carrying out. But that's that's something to kind of tuck away in your back pocket and, and make note of. Um, all right. As you guys know by now, we've partnered with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for the listeners and viewers of the Field of 68 as we all get ready for the best month of the year, March madness if you haven't signed up for bet mgm yet you can use the bonus code field 
150 and you will get $150 in free bets on your first wager with BetMGM, regardless of whether or not you win that first bet. All you need to do is deposit and bet $5 of your own hard-earned money. Here's how you make it work. Download the BetMGM app. Sign up using the bonus code FIELD150, deposit $5, place your first wager, and you'll receive up to $150 in bonus bets regardless of the outcome of your bet if you use the code FIELD150 when you sign up. We have some fun stuff coming up for conference tournaments, for the NCAA tournament. We have bet insurance tokens. We have college hoops odd boosts. We have parlay boosts, which is one of my favorite things to do. There's always fun to kind of throw $25 out there and see if you can make 25 grand off of it. That never hurts. I've never won one. I'm going to keep trying, though. I'm never going to stop doing that. So download the BetMGM app today and sign up Field 150. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Fanta. I teased it before. UConn, Marquette, the XL Center, beautiful Hartford, Connecticut, number one versus number four, Saturday, 3 p.m., Big Fox. I'm hoping we get Gus and Raftery on that call. I don't know. You might actually know who's going to be on the call. What are you looking forward to in this game? There's bad blood between these two teams, and that is something that is being lost on the game. So if you remember last year in the Big East tournament, Mm -hmm. Dan Hurley said after UConn beat Providence in the Big East quarterfinals that this is our house. This is the Huskies' house. We own this place. And they have owned it this season, unbeaten at MSG. North Carolina, uh, the Empire Classic, when they beat Texas and Indiana. So, yeah, they've had success there. But Marquette heard all that. Golden Eagles heard all that. Mm -hmm. And the next day, Cam Jones says, we wish them well in heading back to their real home. Thanks for coming. He talked some trash. And And David Joplin said, at the end of the day, they still had to show up for a game at 630. And we showed them that all of those statements they made last night were untrue. That's what those guys told us after that game that Cam Jones said we sent them well. We sent them off packing 
Uh, maybe they can have some extra rest for the NCAA tournament. Connecticut used an extra day of reflection. They ended up winning the national championship. Oh, did they? Yes. I didn't realize that. <laughs> but they, if, if there was a source of motivation for UConn heading into this season, it was that they have struggled at times in Big East play. Now, they haven't struggled this year in the Big East, just the one conference loss. But they haven't won the Big East regular season title since 2006. They haven't won the conference tournament since 2011. Mm-hmm. Saturday is the first time these two teams have met. Great job by the Big East to set the two UConn Marquette games up this late in the season. That's brilliant scheduling. That's working with a TV partner because you delivered this, this game. This is one of the best games of the year. I think it's one of the best games the Big East has had in a regular season since the conference realigned, if not the best game. It might be the very best game that we've seen. Why? You have two of the top three point guards in America squaring off on Saturday. Kolick is the best point guard. Tristan Nude would be in my top three with Braden Smith in there as well. Mm-hmm. You have two incredible twos in Cam Spencer and Cam Jones, their ability to fill it up. You have such a really interesting dynamic that T.O. will probably get to here at the five position. Ah, the five position where Donovan Klingon typically just by his mere presence is able to alter everything, block block stuff. You have to think twice. Osuogadaro is not that type of big. He's mobile. He's a passer. He's got versatility. He's got athleticism. The matchup of the five is a dream. It's really special. This scene in Hartford on Saturday will be outstanding. This is everything you want in a college basketball game in the Northeast. Mm-hmm. Marquette is hot. They've won eight in a row. Connecticut will take a 13-game winning streak into this one. UConn Marquette is going to be all-out fire. In a lot of ways, like Marquette's the anti-UConn. Like that's kind of like it's kind of like uh, Spider-Man and Venom. Like, and I'm not sure which one's good and which one's evil. I'm venturing to guess that UConn's evil, but they relish in that. So I meant that as a compliment, not a bad thing. Uh, here's that's just because Shaka recruited you, man. Come on. No, no, it's because Dan Hurley. That's why. <laughs> that's why they I like did. being the villain, though. They yeah, like exactly. It. He 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 prefers being the villain. So I'm going to give it to him. Uh, no, they're they're the exact opposite. UConn's a little bit more methodical, big, burly, powerful at every position, and Marquette's a little smaller, a little quicker, um, and not all that much quicker. But you get what I'm saying. Like smaller, quicker, moves it, free flowing offense, motion, get it to one guy, let him make decisions, uh, and UConn's going to run sets. Like they can play motion, sure, but they, they're just going to run sets and they're going to grind you down. Uh, that's what makes this game so intriguing. I, I think the fact that it's in it's at UConn is a, a big thing. And another thing is is the, the matchup at the five is kind of why UConn gives them trouble uh, because you're pulling what Donovan Kling is so good at. You're taking him away from the bucket. I'm curious if there's a matchup thing to where um, you play Johnson and Klingon and then put Klingon on somebody like a Stevie Mitchell and be like, hey, dude, go ahead. Shoot it! I'm gonna. I'm still gonna have my big dog around the rim. Uh, I, I don't think they'll do that, but I, I would venture to guess that there's something in the plans of, hey, how can we figure out ways to put Klingon and keep him right around the rim? But neither here nor there. I, I think it's a really uh, intriguing matchup, just for all the right reasons. Two tough teams, two uh, 
teams that'll talk a little bit. And I, I think it's going to be great television. Yeah, I, I do think, and, and you guys aren't wrong in saying that there's a little bit of a dislike and a little bit of a, a resentment between these two programs. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. You know, we said this when it came to Dan Hurley versus Rick Patino, like having that bitterness, having a rivalry there is what makes uh, matchups like this so intriguing. And when you combine the fact that these are both top 10 teams, when you combine the fact that these are two of the longest winning streaks that you have in all of college basketball, when you combine the fact that there are two great point guards, there are two really, really intense coaches, um, and that these are two teams that quite literally could go out and win a national title this year, I, I think that there, this has all the makings of an all-time classic. Um, I will also add this because there's, there's stakes, and I, I don't mean to cut you off, but there's stakes here that – uh, that I think we need to discuss because UConn right now, you mentioned it, Fana, has not won a conference regular season title since 2006. They have a two-game lead on Marquette right now in the Big East. Um, that's before they play DePaul tonight, a Valentine's Day date at DePaul in Chicago. Um, at least they know it's going to be private. They won't have very many people uh, sitting there watching them on their date against DePaul, so that's probably a good thing. But uh, this is how UConn closes their schedule. Marquette at home, at Creighton, Villanova at home, Seton Hall at home, at Marquette, at Providence. They play their three toughest road games of the season in their last five games, and that does not include tonight's home game against Marquette. They can legitimately go three and three in that stretch, right? If you beat Marquette tonight, then you're putting yourself in a situation where you will guarantee yourself a, a share of the Big East regular season title by beating Villanova and Seton Hall at home. And that probably gets you a number one seed. If you win this game, you're probably going to end up being the one seed in the Big East tournament, which means you don't have to play Creighton or Marquette until the championship. You don't get one of those two teams in the semifinals in all likelihood. So uh, when it comes to being able to win multiple championships and multiple Big East championships this year, this is an incredibly important game for that. You lose to Marquette at home. You, you only have a one-game lead. And you still have to play your three toughest road games. And that becomes something where, like, all of a sudden the pressure gets ratcheted up just a little bit on uh, on UConn here. Go ahead, Fanta. Well, I, I think – trying to think of what, what I was going to cut you off with now. Um, I lost my – Here, let me while, – while you think about it, let me add this. Because I think that the most intriguing part of this matchup to me – and, Tio, tell me if you think I'm wrong on this – is uh, – Oh, I know what it is. It, it's it's the thing with Klingon, right? I fully expect them to just have Klingon play like as drop as drop can be on anything that Oso Iguodaro does. And if that means you have to go over every screen, if that means you have to um uh what's the what's the word I'm looking for, TO? Uh top top lock them, top lock people yeah. where you have to try yeah. to kind of take it away. Uh whatever you do, I think that's you basically just don't let anyone come off a screen, don't let anyone fade off a screen, force them to curl everything, force them to go to the rim. And if you have to live with Oso Iguodaro making 10-foot jump shots and that's what beats you, I think that you live with Oso Iguodaro making those 10-foot jump shots and letting that beat you. Um, but Tyler Kolek against Tristan Newton, man, I, I cannot wait for this. Kolek's been unbelievable. Like, do you guys – have you looked at his stats over the last eight games on this winning streak? He's averaging like 21 points – uh, nine and a half assists and shooting something insane like 47% from three and 52% from the play. Like he's been ridiculous. That's what I was just going to bring up. So over the last four games, Tyler Kolick is averaging 26 points, nine assists, and six rebounds per game. 
meaning you essentially could go on a triple-double watch every game. Mm-hmm. You get to about the 12-minute mark left in the game. Kolick has scored at least 27 in three of the last four games. He has totaled a double-digit number of assists four times on the team's eight-game winning streak. And on that eight-game winning streak, Tyler Kolick has posted 75 assists to just 21 turnovers. He's ridiculous, man. That is ridiculous. He's ridiculous. And it just goes to show you that, like, you know, what's interesting about the Big East tournament, allow me to to go down an avenue for just a moment, is, and and I've had some conversations with people, you know, uh, from the Big East side of things. Like, this tournament's going to be really interesting because the top of the league is well in shape for the NCAAs, Mm -hmm. right? The middle of the league is could be fighting for their lives. Yep. So that that creates a real interesting layer to your conference tournament. Is somebody going to fight for their life and put the game of their life together? Because it's it's practically an NCAA tournament game for some of these teams potentially for Providence, for a Seton Hall, for hell a Villanova. Like uh, this is this is going to be that those types of stakes for some of those middling teams. Where like you're gonna get your 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 three six your four five games, you know your eight nine like those teams aren't bad. The, the, there's two awful teams in the league, and then there's a whole lot of ah throw the ball up into the air, and that's gonna be really interesting to see. But if we get, you know, I hope we get three rounds of UConn Marquette. We yeah. get round one. Four. Give us four, man. Give us a Big East tournament title game and give us a matchup in the final four. Like I'm, I'm four. here for. It. Now, I know To never left. But now I believe again that Marquette can make the Final Four, and it's not just because they're ranked number four; it's how they're playing. <laughs> it's because it's because Tyler Kolek turned into the best point guard. He turned into Chris Paul overnight. Like he was horrible for two games. He looked like me playing point guard. They lose two in a row. Everyone jumps off the bandwagon, and Tyler Kolek just says, "Fuck this! Fuck you! Fuck everybody! I got this." Would you I vote in to, if you had to vote for Big East Player of the Year today? Yes. Okay. It's like it's not even. It's not even a discussion. And I know Marquette fans have been getting on me because every time someone says Tyler Kolek is the best point guard in college basketball, I post a picture of Tristan Newton just going like this with the phone call, and it gets them all riled up. But, like, we know – we all know who the best point guard in college basketball is. That's not a shot on Tristan Newton. Like, it's it's Tyler Kolek. He's he's ridiculous. Kim-Pop has Tristan Newton as the uh, best player. Yeah, uh, he was much better in non-conference play than Kolek was. But, like, like, how can you look at this last eight-game run that Kolek's put together? He's put this team on his back, man. Like, it's just – he's been he's been absurd. It's a joke. I I, I will – I'm going to make one last point, and I want you guys to tell me if you think I'm I'm just crazy, if you think this is just the the worrisome uh, and anxious UConn fan in me. But uh, if you look at who UConn has actually beat this season, right, and you look at what they've actually done, they beat Indiana on a neutral, like whatever. That's really not impressive at all. They beat Texas on a neutral, which is like fine, I guess. But Texas is kind of one of these teams that's inflated by the Big 12. They beat North Carolina on a neutral, which uh, didn't look that great at the time. Looked really, really good two weeks ago. And now kind of, again, looks like just, you know, it's fine. It's a top 10 win. They beat Gonzaga in what was effectively a road game, which is like fine, whatever. Everybody beats Gonzaga this year, right? And then the wins that they have in the Big East, their best one is Creighton at home, winning at Butler, at Xavier, at Villanova, at St. Joe. Like, there's not – 
they haven't done a ton this year that will sit there and like pop off the page at you. Does that make sense? So I, I kind of think if you're going to be able to get right now, Ken Palm has a line at uh, at Marquette plus seven. I know it's a road game. I know it's UConn. I, I know it's going to be at the XL Center. There's going to be 17,000 crazy, insane uh, UConn fans. Seven is a big number there. If you can get Marquette plus seven, like I think you got it. This is going to be a one possession game. There's no doubt in my mind. Yeah. We'll see because I, I like I'm with you. I want I really want it to be that type of game. I just it's it's so hard as well. Like when we've thought that UConn is about to I'm just I'm I'm like I'm kind of like intrigued to see if UConn's get, when they're gonna lose a game. And I think they're gonna lose a game here. I don't think they're I, I know you said there's a feasible chance they could go three and three here down the stretch and that I get it with the road games. But but I mean I if they lose multiple, I need to see it. I need mm-hmm. to see how it happened. And then the question will be, did they, you know, is there a world where Connecticut or Purdue peaked too early? The two have just been so great. Maybe they're just going to dominate their way through it all. But is there a world? We'll see. It, it'll be if, if UConn loses like three out of six down the stretch, um, that the narrative will be they peaked too early when the fact of the matter is the Big East just backloaded their schedule and they played the most difficult games late. Like last year, they played their most difficult games in January and they lost three out of four. It was at Xavier, at Creighton, at Marquette. They lost three out of four there and that sent them into a tailspin for another two weeks before they were finally able to figure it out. It just it it, it just depends on when you play your most difficult games in the schedule. That's that's kind of the only point I was making. Um, All right, big news. Dole to announce. We have partnered with Autograph, a company founded by the GOAT himself, Tom Brady. The Autograph fandom app gives you access to the best college hoops content, fan contests, and exclusive rewards like discounted tickets, all for doing the things that diehard fans already do, which is following your favorite team in the news and listening to podcasts just like this one. Right now, uh, the Autograph app has available to people that download it and use the code F68, the ability to get UConn Marquette tickets on Saturday for just 8 they call it the autograph true fan pricing because true fans deserve true fan prices. Um, so make sure you download, uh, d- download, download the free autograph app in the app store and use that referral code F68 to be able to change your fan experience for the better. It works like this. You get all the college hoop content you want in one place, articles from your favorite writers, uh, podcasts from your favorite hosts like John Fanta and content from your favorite creators like Terrence Oglesby. The more you consume, the higher your rank. As you continue to level up in status, you can unlock more unique rewards curated exclusively for you. So start earning points for doing something as normal and as simple as listening to your favorite podcast snap. That's the autograph fandom app, code F68. Uh, all right, are you guys ready for my uh, my Arizona take? Are you ready for this? It's ready. scalding, it's hot. You're going to laugh at me. I think you're probably going to call me an idiot, but... I'm going to make a case that this year's Arizona is what last year's UConn was. Okay. You ready for this? Last year, UConn rolled out to that 14 nothing uh, start to the season. We all crowned them at the start of the year. We all said, this is, this is the best team in college basketball. This is a team that can go out and win a national title. And then they get to January and teams kind of figure them out. And they kind of say, look, you know what? We're just not going to guard Andre Jackson. We're just not going to play him. And it took UConn a month to kind of figure it out. They lost six out of eight there in January. And then once they did, once they got Andre Jackson back, it clicked into action and they started rolling everybody. Uh, And outside of the uh, loss to Marquette in the Big East tournament, 
Um, they won every game from uh, from I think January 29th on through the national title. Uh, Arizona started out eight zero this year. Um, they won at Duke. They beat Michigan State on a neutral. They absolutely blasted Wisconsin. They looked like a wagon. Then they had two tough competitive losses. Uh, one was a double overtime, one point loss to Florida Atlantic. One was a effectively a road loss at Purdue in Indianapolis. And that kind of led to a spiral where Kai Boswell completely lost his confidence. And I think that he's the glue that kind of keeps his Arizona engine churning. And then once he kind of figured it out over the last couple of weeks, they started getting better. They won a three overtime game at Utah and followed that up with an ass kicking at Colorado. Nobody sweeps those Pac-12 games. Arizona, T.O., they're rolling, baby. We all forgot good. about them. We all wrote them off. This team can win yeah. a national title, sir. Yeah, I, I think a lot says for that uh, road trip to Utah and Colorado, that, that was a road trip that crushed them last year. Mm-hmm. And they follow up a three-overtime win at Utah by smashing Colorado. That that says a lot just because that's not an easy road trip, guys. You're at elevation. Mm-hmm. It's a different road trip than uh, the rest of the Pac-12, quite frankly, because you're in that mountain range and it makes it a little bit more difficult. They're good. They're 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 really good. Uh, I did fall off the bandwagon a little bit because let's let's be honest, guys. I mean, Oregon, they're fine. Cal, Cal that uh, kudos for them for getting a lot better, but they're just fine. Uh, Stanford, for I, for the life of me, guys, I can't figure out why Stanford isn't better. I've said that and said that and said that. The talent's there. You have to be better. I, what, what are we missing? You have to be better. Uh, and then the, the Utah-Colorado, I like both of those teams. That's two big wins. But uh, they keep it rolling. The tools are certainly there. The tools are certainly there. I'm not going to be bad at any part of it. They control the glass, even playing a little bit smaller than they did last season. So I watched Arizona at Colorado on Saturday, entire game. And so here, here's – I'm going to be real with everybody here. I can't, we can't watch every Pac 12 game uh, on the East Coast. You know, we, we, I'm not going to pretend that we do. I mean, you can watch back on Synergy, you can watch back in other ways. But what I try to do is I try to look at the Pac 12 or the, or the Mountain West. I've been watching more of the Mountain West this year because that league is so fun. So fun. He does a very nice job on the games. But, um, it is so fun. And congrats to New Mexico for beating Nevada last night. Huge win for Jamal Mashburn Jr. and Richard Pettino. Mm-hmm. But uh, I watched the entire Arizona-Colorado game. What I watched over that two hours from Arizona was as complete a performance as I've seen from a team all season. They absolutely dominated Colorado and Boulder. Colorado could not buy a stop. Arizona was more physical. They were faster. They bullied Colorado inside. Omar Ballo just said, this is my front court and controlled the game. You just said it. As great as Caleb Love is, and he's a bucket getter, and when he's on, everybody seems to feed off him. In this game, he shot six for 15. He wasn't perfect. But what they've unlocked is, one, Boswell's back into the right frame of mind. He's playing within himself. He's not trying to do too much. He's just, as the coaches like to tell players who go through a rut, just please focus on what you're good at. Stop worrying about all the other stuff. He's he's focusing on what he's good at. Pele Larson, to me, right now, has emerged as a, a really important piece to the puzzle. Why? Because he's consistent. 
you know you can walk into the gym and he's going to give you 15 to 18 points right now. This guy is playing at an extremely high level. Offensively, they are potent. They get downhill in the lane, say goodnight. And they are they are good defensively, like really good defensively. That's just it. Like with Arizona, you can't say that they're one-dimensional at all. They are one of four teams in the top 15 in both offense and defense in Kempom, joining Houston, Purdue, and those Tennessee Volunteers. I'm buying the Wildcats. I don't think this is a fluke. I think this is a really important year for Tommy Lloyd because he's had two cracks at the tournament. Hasn't been able to get the Wildcats going on that deep, deep run. This team belongs in an Elite Eight fighting for a spot in Arizona. I'm all in on the Wildcats. T.O.? Yeah. I, for all the same reasons. They're, they're big, they're physical, all, all the things I said earlier. I'm, I'm in on them, too. I, I Do I think they're going to win a national championship? No. But I, I do think that they can win uh, three, four games get, get, and get to Phoenix, quite frankly. And if they get to Phoenix, keep in mind, pseudo home game. That don't, pseudo home game. Pseudo home game. They'll get 50,000 fans in Glendale. Yep. So that, that, that will be basically a home game for them. So I, I – I, I, was asked this question the other day. I think it was Trilly Donovan on Twitter that posted this the other day. They said, what was, what would be the most intriguing final four? And I couldn't, it's hard for me to say like intriguing, but I think that the final four that I would root for the most, that I would think would be uh, the one that would get the most attention, the most eyeballs uh, would be the best for college basketball. And frankly, the best for the field of 68 would be uh, UConn, Purdue, um, Arizona, and North Carolina, UConn, Purdue being the two best teams in the country, Arizona, making sure that there's always going to be an insane environment in that building. And then the North Carolina, um, Caleb Love narrative that we'll be able to, to track along with UConn trying to repeat, um, Purdue trying to go from losing to a 16 to winning a national championship. There's just so many storylines. There's so many great teams. There's so many big brands. I just, I can't think of a better final four than those four. And it feels very weird saying that because it's kind of like you just picked like the top four teams, right? I think that would be at the end of the day, my guess is that'll end up being three one seeds and a two seed, potentially two one seeds and two two seeds. I think Arizona and North Carolina both can kind of trend on that uh that two seed line. But Phantom, would you who would you change for the your ideal final four this year? UConn. Purdue, because I, I I just think that if we see Klingon versus Edie, that'd be amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, UConn, Purdue. I'm going to throw Arizona in the mix because I do think that that would be a really fascinating, fascinating uh, element to the whole storyline. And then if I had to pick a fourth, I'm going to go with Dayton. Um. I I think Deron Holmes. Hey, I don't. I don't mean to cut you off, guys. We have some breaking news here that I think we're going to react to live in the moment. Yes, uh, this is it. from Jeff Goodman of the Field of '68. Ohio State has parted ways with Chris Holtman. Source told Ooh. the Field of '68. Holtman wow. went to the NCAA tournament in each of his first four years with the Buckeyes and was set to go to the to the tournament the year that it was canceled in 2020. Um, he went all three years at Butler and went to the Sweet 16. The last two years. The Buckeyes have taken a nosedive, and Gene Smith decided to make a move now. Um, real quick, I just before uh, I dive into it, last year they lost, I think it was 14 out of 15 at one point. Um, and this year, after starting the season 12 and 2, 
They lost uh, three in a row. They lost eight out of nine and nine out of 11. Um, and they get Purdue at home on Sunday. Uh, any reaction here, T.O.? Uh, the the people in uh, the people in uh, Columbus are not the most patient. That's for sure. I, I, the thing is, is Holtman can can. I don't know why it didn't work. Quite frankly, it, I I was really high on the Chris Holtman train. I'm still trying to figure out why. Um, you know, it's gone in the manner that it has. It's it's been perplexing, quite frankly. It, but we all know you you don't you go. What is it? They're four and ten in conference. Not good. Not good. Mm -hmm. You're not going to be able to hold that up. Is yeah. there any game less intriguing this year than Ohio State Michigan basketball? <laughs> no, <laughs> not at all. Not at all. The only intrigue between those two would be like if it was the kind of the lame duck matchup. It was it, they play Sunday, March third, and that would be uh, will will either Holtman or Howard make it there? And um, <laughs> well, we know one of those two won't make it there now. So yeah. Well, this is. This was a matter of time coming yeah. down after, but but I think it's surprising in that, that Ohio State got off to a really nice start to the year and floating around being a top twenty, top twenty-five team. And I think that a lot of us thought coming in the year that that Bruce Thornton would be able to take off and and Roddy Gale and Felix Akpara. I did a full-fledged feature on on Thornton and Gale earlier this year. Like that, that's the thing. Ohio State's got talent. They got a lot of talent, uh, but this team just, they could never put it together and they hit the transfer portal. Um, you know, they brought in a couple of interesting pieces with Jamison battle uh, and Dale Bonner from Baylor. Like they did a decent job there, but, but the thought was that last year was going to be their rebuilding year and that they'd be able to propel it into this season because a lot of those, those freshmen played a lot of minutes last year and would be better off of it. Well, mm -hmm. guess what? In Columbus, you might get one year. You do not get more than that. You don't even right. get a full second year. The standards are high in Columbus. They made this move because I guarantee you right now, Gene Smith started to examine his NIL space. And when he started to talk to the people that make the NIL happen, do you know what the response had to be? People aren't willing to give to a product that isn't winning. And the facts are facts. Chris Holtman this year, just not good enough. Last year, 16 and 19. This year, 14 and 10. And they never made the second weekend of the NCAA tournament. Ohio State hasn't made the second weekend of the NCAA tournament since that Mata. That's too long for this program. He was given seven seasons. He made the, the NCAA tournament in his first four tries, but he never broke through. Being on an average, being an average playing field team is not going to get it done in Columbus, Ohio. Ohio State basketball standards are better than that. I was willing to give Chris a pass last year. He didn't get the job done this year. Will he coach again? Yes, I fully believe he'll coach again. I think that he could find another chapter in his career where he does a very nice job because he did a great job at Butler. Mm -hmm. And before Butler, he was at Gardner-Webb and, and got them a 20-plus win season. Chris Holtman's a capable coach. This did not work out in Columbus, though, and because he could never break through. We all know in the NCAA tournament, it's it can be a game of chance, but he never could get the Buckeyes to the breakthrough. And unfortunately for him, those standards are too high for him to have kept the job passed this year. They got it done today so that they can get that NIL reestablished and they can start their search 
today, which this is a really, really interesting coaching search happening in Columbus. There's going to be a deli line of candidates. I'm fascinated to see who they get. Mm-hmm. Um, we can talk about candidates in a minute. What I will say is uh, I I do feel for Holt, who has always been you know very good to us and very good to the show. Um, there was a time probably like two or three years ago where his was the name that was circulated the most whenever people were saying, who's going to, who do you hire to replace John Calipari? Right. And I don't know if this was nerves. I don't know if this was something where he just got a little, um, too in his head when it came to some of these big games and some of these performances, uh, especially down the stretch, but there was too much talent on these teams uh, on his teams the last two years to have the runs that they did late in the season. Like that just, you can't, you can't do that and you can't make that, those runs. And um, I was kind of hoping he'd get a chance to turn it around at the end of the year. Obviously uh, Gene Smith made that decision that he's not going to allow him. And um, correct me if I'm wrong, but this is the last year that Gene Smith is in charge as the AD there, I believe at Ohio state. Um, so I think this is kind of the, the legacy of the decision that he made, uh, off the top of your head. Um, I'll tell you who the first person I would call if I was Gene Smith, the first place that I would reach out to, uh, I would, um, I would find my way down to Cincinnati. I would find my way down to Xavier. I would find my way to the Cintas center and I would find a way to try to see if Chris Holtman, uh, Chris Holtman, if Sean Miller would be interested in taking over a big 10 basketball program. Um, that'd probably be the first call that I would make in this situation. Uh, Tio, is that is that crazy? No, he'd be in there. I think with a job like that, I think there's a couple of other names that I would consider. And I'm, I'm looking through the uh, the Trilly Donovan list, and some of them make sense as guys that might move. I think Dusty May is a candidate, um, mm-hmm. obviously, and one that's mentioned. Um, that I'm I'm not completely against uh, Greg McDermott. Go down there, just see what's happening in Omaha, and if he wants to change the scenery, because that dude can coach. Uh, he's going to play a brand of basketball that you'll be able to sell in that state. And, and Ohio is a talent-rich state. I said Doug McDermott. I said meant Greg McDermott. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had Doug McDermott the other day with the Pacers game. Uh, long story short, uh, I, I do think. Um, McDermott would be a candidate. Dusty May, uh, Sean Miller's name is going to be thrown in there no matter where it is, just because the dude knows how to win. Um, you know, somebody said, "What about Chris Mack?" I, I don't know that he would turn that job down, but <laughs> I also don't know that Chris Mack's coaching I again. I don't think. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Well, one. Um, no, I'm not going to say it. I'll tell you. Okay. Um, I I don't. I think that Mac would have to take another job before he got this one. I think the the one thing that Trilly says here that I think is 100% correct is that a, a sitting high major coach will take this job. And his like his list is is more or less the similar to what I've heard. I, I all of those are great names. All of those are great coaches. Um Lamont Paris is the one that's really interesting to me, man. Ooh. Watching him at South Carolina, that dude can coach his balls. <laughs> and he coaches um, like a Big 10 coach too. That would yep. be a zero transition. Yeah. That'd be easy. I, I do think Sean is the first call that I would make. Um, I w- honestly would not be surprised if it was Greg McDermott, though. I, I do think that he has. Uh, there's there's rumblings. There's rumblings there. We can uh, we can talk about those at another time. Listen, um, real Truly. quick. Well, that's. 
I was going to do my little bit. We're the only guy that you could hire here. The first name that I would call is Ed. Yeah. Um, people are, seem like they're kind of tired of that. Um, uh, just so you guys know, there's nothing better in sports than the heart of the college basketball season, which is why I need to tell you about our partners over at Rhythm. If you're into sports betting, you need Rhythm. You know who doesn't need Rhythm? T.O. T.O. is a dancer. We know this. We've seen him at the Fanta wedding. Uh, rhythm is the place for data-backed props and picks. For those that are unfamiliar, Rhythm, spelled R-I-T-H-M-M, is the go-to mobile app for player props and game picks. Backed by AI predictive models, Rhythm helps you make smarter and faster betting decisions across all sports, but particularly college basketball, where there are as many as 150 games a day during conference play, many of which have softer lines at BetMGM than you'll find in the NFL or the NBA. With Rhythm, you get data-backed picks for every Division One game every single day. Users get free picks daily with the ability to upgrade to unlimited access, and for those of you already using modeling, you can build your own custom sports betting models within the app itself. So if you want to increase your edge and win more bets, go to the link in the description and download the Rhythm app today. That's R-I-T-H-M-M, the place for data-backed props and picks. Guys, we got about two more minutes here, and then we're going to get out of here. I wrote this. I wanted to make sure we got to it. Um, I wrote off four teams, basically, at the turn of the calendar. Michigan State, St. Mary's, Gonzaga, and Virginia. Michigan State's made a little bit of a run. They beat Illinois on Saturday. St. Mary's has won about 100 games in a row, uh, and all of them by about 100 points. Gonzaga, uh, the only game that they've lost seemingly in the last month has been to St. Mary's at home, and Virginia was on a nice eight-game winning streak before they slipped up at home against Pitt last night. T.O., out of those four teams, are you buying any of them? Are you selling all of them? Where do you stand on, uh, on um, I guess, those four? Is there a bigger, like, no, I mean, like an easier selection than picking Tom Izzo when it matters at the end of the season? Whenever they showed up to play, I, I want to say it was Illinois at home. Everybody was like, me included. I was like, man, Illinois is just better. This point blank period, Illinois is just better. And it, I know it was an eight-point win. It was really more than that. They played well. I, guys, look, Michigan State's going to make the tournament. As far as what we're buying them for, I, it's up for debate. Uh, St. Mary's doesn't shoot free throws very well at all, at all. They're not going to hit free throws in clutch time. That worries me. Uh, who are the other ones? Gonzaga. They're a big ball of meh for me. And then uh, who was the other one you mentioned? Uh, Michigan State, Gonzaga, St. Mary's, Virginia. Virginia. Virginia was the other one. Uh, glad you guys are listening to how important my words are. <laughs> so Virginia's good. Uh, I actually think that uh, – you know they're not get, they don't shoot the ball extremely well. That's worrisome. Uh, they do defend their nuts off, and they have arguably two of the better defenders in the country in Reese Beekman and and uh, um, Ryan, oh Dunn. Gosh, Ryan Dunn. Like they have those two guys that can really guard. Uh, I mean, Dunn elite is a monster dude. He is a monster. He, he is, is a, ridiculous. He has completely stopped shooting the basketball on the other end, though. Mm -hmm. Completely, like hasn't even made a three point attempt over the last five or six games. Like. You have to – people were talking about him late lottery in the 20, like early 20s-ish area. Like, you have to shoot it some. Well, some. I mean, the problem with that is who else are you taking, man? Like, we're, we're now talking about Zach Eady as a potential That's lottery fact. pick. And I love Zach Eady, but, like, yeah, it's a lot there. Yeah. yeah. No, I no argument there. I mean, it's not a great draft. But but still, like, you have to shoot it some. They're, Virginia's not a team to play from behind. That worries me a little bit. But – um I think all of them are, are, you know, one win capable teams. I don't think it goes much. I don't think it goes past that. Fanna. Well, I, I'm I'm gonna 
go with the Gales of St. Mary's because I, I, I truly believe that they can be a team that, that wins multiple games in the NCAA tournament. And, and I also would just push back on T.O. Michigan State, you're telling – last year nobody thought that they could make the second weekend, and guess what? They did. And they did because they defended their asses off, and they got out on the break a little bit. Michigan State, two of their best wins this year against Baylor and Illinois, in both games they have gotten over 20 fast break points. They have found a way to turn people over, and they found a way to get out on the loose. How does a team that struggles from the perimeter compensate for that against really good teams? you got to run. Well, the follow-up question is, do you have the personnel to do it with? The answer is yes. And don't look now, but Malik Hall is on a heater. He has scored in double figures in eight of his last nine and 10 of his last 12 games. This is more than Tyson Walker right now. Jaden Akins is doing enough. Enough. A.J. Hogarth, as much as he frustrates me because he talked quite a bit in the preseason, he showed up in some big spots for his team. They're going to need that. They're going to need that. Do I sense a little bit of Michigan State not returning to the level we thought they'd be in the preseason? But maybe going through the motions just to get to the NCAA tournament because you know that that's what matters and you made the second weekend last year? Yes. Yes, I do. And at the end of the day, they have Mr. March as their head coach. But Lex just brought it up in our chat. I'll bring it back to Randy Bennett and St. Mary's. Aiden Mahaney is that dude. He makes them go. He hits big shots. They have efficiency. They, they play a, a style that I think can be successful. And defensively, they're damn good. They guard. They're eighth in the country in adjusted defensive efficiency. They have length. They're going to make you work for what you get, and they're going to get the game to their liking. That's what Coach Bennett does. So when you have an elite guard and you know how to get stops, I I, I am back on the St. Mary's bandwagon. I am. Uh, I'm I'm not on the St. Mary's bandwagon just yet. St. Mary's and Gonzaga to me, like they've they've made these runs. They look good in the metrics. Um, I think it was a result of playing in the WCC. Uh, Virginia, I just, I can't, I can't get on a team where I'm not all the way in on their point guard play. And I'm just not all the way in on their point guard play. You're all the way in on Reese, uh, Reese Beekman? Nah, not to, you think he can take a game over in March and, and win you a game, put a team on his back and win you a game. I, I could see Aiden Mahane. their offense it. allows them to do that. I think he's capable. I don't think their offense allows them to do that. Yeah, I just, I'm not. Virginia's fine. I think they can win a game. I can't see them doing anything more than that. And I would probably, if they ended up as a seven seed, I'd probably have them be the team losing to a 10. Um, St. Mary's like, they're going to be overseeded and I'm going to be a prime upset candidate for me. Gonzaga still has to like, they might have to get the auto bid to be able to get in. Like they're not even a surefire tournament team yet, but Michigan state, man, they they're old. They got Tom Izzo. They have Tyson Walker and AJ Hogarth who could both uh, either win you a game or in AJ Hogarth's case, lose you a game. I, I just, they're going to end up. This is what's going to end up happening, guys. And I promise you, we could if we could do a vaulted right now. They're going to end up being a team in the playing game as a 12 seed. They're going to win that playing game. Then they're going to upset the five. Then they're going to upset the four. And they're going to be playing in the Sweet 16 against the number one seed for the right to go to the Elite Eight. That's what's going to happen with Michigan State this year. I'll bet my. I'm not going to bet my house on it, but um, I will bet. Uh, I will bet something on it. Whatever you want to bet on it. That's what's going to end up happening. So listen, this has been the DTF podcast. We uh we had some fun. We talked to UConn Marquette. 
we reacted live to a firing at a Ooh. top 20 job in college basketball. Um, I, I picked Marquette to make to the Sweet 16, and um, we talked about the Blue Duds. It was a it was a, a rousing podcast today, gentlemen. So for Terrence Oglesby, for John Fanta, if you're still listening to this, please rate, review, subscribe, do all those things that make us happy as podcasters, and we'll see you guys again next For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.